Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Trust and Believe. Oh, my goodness. Okay, today is going to be for me. You know, in my book, I talk about being positively selfish. Well, today, I'm going to be positively selfish. A lot of times when people are positively selfish, they want to go to get a massage or get their nails done or go on a vacation. And sometimes I think being positively selfish is calling on someone who can really motivate and inspire you and you making yourself a student to really get some inspiration, especially when you're going through the tough times. And I called one of my incredible friends that I've known for a very long time. And her name is Shalene Johnson. A lot of you probably know her from Beachbody, but hopefully you know her from being one of the leaders in helping people build their business, build their lives, just build who they are. And she's been talking a lot about her own personal uh, growth that she's had over the past few years. But today is going to be a trust and believe session that you will definitely not forget. So get ready to trust and believe with Shanti and Miss Shalene Johnson. This is Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Oh, my goodness. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Oh, my God. Thank you for being here. You know, I just love and adore you how you doing like what is going on in your life what is happening because this is not the usual podcast studio you're in i'm really good i'm just happy to be here with you and connect and i i love our conversations i have something i've been wanting to talk to you about and so i wanted people to listen in on this conversation so you know we've been in fitness for a really long time and we also have grown over the time that we've been in fitness. And we used to be on TV all the time. People literally knew us from either, you know, getting them to buy a a fitness product or motivating them or changing their lives or helping them lose weight. But now both of us are in a place in our lives where to us, fitness isn't the spearhead anymore. You know, it's, it's, we've grown. And while fitness is a big part of us, we've grown to, to be, enhanced version of ourselves. I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say we've changed, but we've taken what we've had in the past and we've built upon it. And so I'm having a really tough time with my personal growth and people not 
accepting my personal growth. Like almost to the point where I feel like, oh yeah, when I was able, able to provide you with some push-ups or if I posted about five push-ups a day and 10 squats a day, like this was like really great. But because now I'm out and I'm married and I'm gay and I'm a inter- interracial couple and a dad of twins with by surrogacy, all these things that are so different. It's, and 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 really now preaching to be yourself, your free self, because I, I think social media some a lot of times take people away from being that. I'm always going to be myself, but I kind of like, I need to talk to somebody about this because it's mm. really bothering me. And I'll finish by saying this and I'll let you talk because I need you to talk. <laughs> it bothers me that I really accept people for who they are. Like if you were a motivational speaker five years ago, but now you are making money through OnlyFans. Like, I'm still going to be like, work, bitch. Like, do your thing. Like, I just love the evolution of people. But and I but I get so frustrated when people don't like the evolution of other people. Does that does that make mm. sense? It's more of, I just vented. Yeah, I but. do. You have a perspective on it, I think. You frame it as people who maybe aren't accepting of your growth. But I wonder if really what's going on is that there are people who want something else from you. It's not that they have a problem with your growth. It's like, yeah, I didn't come here for that. I, I want, I want only this from you. And, um, is that a little bit of what you mean? I mean, from the outside point of view, I mean, obviously you listening, you can make obviously a, a better interpretation because I'm, I'm in my body, you know, I'm in my mm-hmm. mind. So can you tell me, now this is an advice session, yeah. but will you tell me what, what does it sound like when you interpret it as, oh, this person is not supportive of my growth, growth, they, they just, they don't like seeing any of this. It really started when I started like expressing my love and my kind of love and my relationship and, and the fact that I'm gay, like I would just completely lose tons and tons of followers every single time. I posted about me and Scott and it just like really bothered me because while I am definitely free and I'm being me, it is something that bothers me because I just don't understand. Okay. You know, I'm still giving you fitness. I still have workouts in Beachbody on demand. I'm still the guy that can get you, you know, that 20 pound weight loss if that, if that's what you want. But because I'm showing a happier side of me, that's outside the screen. You know, it's like, oh, I don't want to have anything to do with that anymore. And it just like really bothers me. And then it just kind of like snowballed, you know, as I start to grow and I'm not worried about how ripped I am anymore. Like my body's fine as hell. Like I'm fine with it. I'm a 43 year old man and I feel like I look the best that I've ever looked without trying to starve myself, you know. Right. But so now I'm just like, instead of just focusing on, you know, getting you that six pack, I'm like, I'm also going to focus on teaching you how to like accept your body and, and really not care what people think, you know? But I think for me, the thing that bothers me is like the non-acceptance of people's growth. And I see it happen, not just Mm. with me, but with other people, you know? So from an outsider's perspective and someone who I experienced some of that on a different scale, I, when I stopped posting about fitness and, and stopped making that my, um, primary identity and my brand, which happened maybe five or six years ago, um, I would have people say like, you know, where'd your fitness stuff go? Or like, why are you pretending now to be this? And why are you putting these things out there? 
which I want, though, that's always who I am. How the reason why people know me from fitness, as I always say, is because I love business and marketing, and that's what I studied. It's not because I studied fitness, because I didn't. I just found a solution and I knew how to market it. Um, and so for me, it was recognizing that I had to stay true to that mm-hmm. and to not focus on it. Also, to know that if I continued and persisted, I would, I would, I would lose those followers. I would lose their support, and I, and that's okay because if I persisted, then I could be known by those people who needed help figuring out what their thing is supposed to be, understanding how to start a business, understanding how to start a business and not work your face off, and and what it means to actually prioritize your family and build a business at the pace that feels right for you. And just talking about all the lifestyle things, to this day, I still get those comments. I, you know, I still get those people who every single day will send me a DM like, when are you and Sean going to do a workout <laughs> program? They came for one thing. And it's not that I've changed. It's that I'm focused on something else that doesn't serve them. And I just can't take that personal. Mm. I know it's a little different because for you, it, it especially sharing like your lifestyle and the fact that you're gay and that your parents, et cetera, um, you know, people can take issue with that. And that might, to me, that feels a little different because now they're saying not that you're not giving me what I want, but like, I don't know if I like who you are, but it's like, this is who I've always been. You're just now seeing a side of it, but this is who I've always been. And I think we have to be really careful about what we focus on. Mm -hmm. Because I hear you say like you lose followers or people um, come for you. I look at your comments. There's thousands and thousands and thousands, just praise and love and adoration. But you are such a um, empath that you feel that one person and you want to change their heart. And you can't. Internally, it was all about mental fitness for me. It was all about the emotion. It was all about that internal drive. While most of my tattoos are words, trust and believe, conquer your mind, transform your life, dig deeper, you know, all of these things like I think that when like, when uh, Insanity came out, people started to be like, wow, you're so motivational. And I just like love that they saw that beyond the push-ups. But, you know, kind of moving forward with that, where I deem to think that people think that I'm pretending to be somebody else or like you're not being yourself. And I'm like, now I'm going to go hood jersey here. I'm like, no, bitch. Like, that was always me. You know, like, I just was showing you one side. And I think that, you know, this is probably my fault, but because I know everyone doesn't think the way that I think, but kind of like the example I gave before, I'm like so accepting of people. When I tell people I am your biggest fan, I really am. And it's probably because that empath side of me, like I know a lot of times where these things come from and I know that they're so layered. I just don't know why people can't, you know, look beyond that. Like they can't be like this, like the foundation of them is underneath. And that is, what they're showing me now as they grow is the thing that helped them become who I saw them be or become like that's yeah, that helped yeah. their success to, to inspire me as a friend. And as an outsider, like looking at your social media, the message that you share with the world is like, I don't care what you think. I, you know, this is me. And you just keep pushing it out there and pushing it out there. And you know, you're definitely more bold. I think in your social media, like you don't give two F's, <laughs> but now with that, we're having this conversation. It sounds to me, and I'm just curious, like, which is it? It feels like, but it does bother you? It doesn't bother me if someone doesn't like me. It, or it, like, I really don't give a fuck. It bothers me if they 
used to like me. Like oh, if they, oh. it bothers, but it bothers me for other people too. Like when people call people names in my comments and stuff, the reason why I clap back is because I don't want people to get bullied because I feel like, you know, if you come to my page, like, okay, you say something, I'm going to say something. If you really like me for me, if you said like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I love you, Sean, or I love you, Shaleen. Well, why now that I'm focusing more, you know, the impact of your business or, you know, my family or whatever, why do you, it's, it's the stopping of the liking that bothers me, but mm-hmm. not, I don't lose mm-hmm. sleep over it. It just yeah. annoys me because I'm just like, it's not like, you know, I'm not walking around the street smacking people upside the back of the head or snatching yeah. a purse or breaking into somebody's car. So, like, it doesn't make sense to my to my brain and my empathic soul. It does not make sense, and it just bothers me. Right? Yeah, I get that, uh, and it it does bother me for a fraction of a second. And then I remember, and I hope this doesn't come across the wrong mm-hmm. way, but I think there are so few people out there who are truly happy. And healthy. And when I say healthy, I mean like mentally healthy. I think there's a lot of people who are struggling and are really unhappy and very unfulfilled and have not processed their own pain from the past, etc. So I always try to remind myself that when I get those kind of comments, that's someone I can't fix. I can't freaking fix someone in my own family who won't <laughs> do the work and like, you know, process their own uh, experiences and traumas, etc. So how in the world can I expect that someone who's lashing out at me from behind their screen actually is going to do the work? And I, I, I certainly can't change them. And, and I think social media has made that so easy for people to have like a little pain release. Like if I say this mean thing to this person who has all these likes and all these followers and they must have a perfect life and they must be really, really happy. If I just pull them down a little bit, maybe I'll feel a little bit better, which they never do. But I've just learned and reminded myself by looking at people in my real life and realizing there's so few people who are, not enough people are happy and, and mentally healthy and and have worked through their things. Yeah. And so I just don't take it personal. And I also delete them. I'm also not going to give you any any space or any power on my page. I will block you. I will delete you. Bye. We are immediately like so judgmental or quick to dismiss people before we even really know, you know, the true work that they've done. And so I'm definitely with you. Like I definitely block people. You know, I'm like, child. But it's it's really important for me to talk about this, like for me, and I know other people may have, because I, you know, a lot of people also told me that they're people pleasers, which I'm absolutely not. But you know what you are, and I'm sorry to interrupt, Sean, but like I, I don't want to forget this, and I will because I have ADHD. But um, you, this is part of your soul, and it is who you have been since you were a very young child. I mean, I remember when we first met you telling me stories of how like you were the one on the playground that if you saw someone getting bullied, you would step in and throw blows. You were the one who, you were always looking out for that person who was going to get picked on the underdog and you were going to step in and say, oh no, you don't. And so this is a part of your makeup. I mean, you were born, it's your soul. And so, you know, now that you're an adult and you're evolved and, and have had all this incredible success and you keep saying, you know, I, I don't care what people think, but it's interesting. You keep saying also, I'm trying to defend other people too. I, I want people to be accepted. I want people to be loved and I don't want people to be bullied. I don't want people to, to judge in the way that they do. 
but they're going to. Mm -mm. I really do think that if people can accept themselves and not be afraid of personal growth and go to therapy and, and get out of the judgmental headspace, I just think the world would be a much better place. I just don't think people are living freely enough, you know? Do when when you see these types of comments, do people ever make them to you in person? Those kind of comments? No, 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 no. Can you imagine how much more enjoyable life would be is if if we just posted and we didn't get feedback? And I know that's an oxymoron because part of what's so enjoyable about life is getting all the positive feedback, right? Like you know the fact that we get likes and we can see comments. And trust me, I still when I post something, I still refresh to see what people are going to say when I release a podcast. The first thing I do is I jump in my Facebook group to see like, what do people think of the episode today? Because yeah. I want that feedback, but I don't want the negative feedback. And I think that's okay because here's what I've learned. I want to be happy. Mm. And, and that's the word that I use is peace. I, I strive for peace. Sometimes to have peace in my life, I have to be uncomfortable for a little bit. But I want, that's my goal is to have peace. And what I've learned is the more I worry about pleasing other people, what they think um, and what the other people are doing or even how they're interpreting me, the less peaceful I feel, the more I am caught up and concerned and I'm, I'm filtered. And I don't like that. So I've learned that I just, I can't worry about it. And I really have to narrow my vision. So I don't follow many. I don't look at what most people are doing in social media. I don't look at their stories. Um, very rarely. I, I, and if I look at my comments, I try to focus on all the positive comments. I either delete or don't even look at the negative comments. Um, I used to, when I would create a podcast, I would sort by negative reviews first. Cause I would want to see like, what could I improve? Then I realized, most of what these people are like, I want to just fight them because they're wrong and they're, they're rude and they're uninformed and, and it would ruin my day and it would get in my crawl. Like I would, I would filter myself because of some off base comment. And so I really have learned like I just, that's not good for me. It's not healthy for me. And I was being less of myself. And more, more importantly, I didn't feel as much peace as is my goal and intention each day. With confrontation, even if people, you know, maybe they don't write back or whatever, or if they do write back, they now have to think about what they're saying. They now have to think about the way that they really think. Even people who use, you know, religion as a reason to not like the fact that I'm gay or to, which I really, I honestly don't care if you think I'm, you know, like that I'm gay, but I'm like, oh, Why? why like for real like that's like that's really what you think you know that's really what you believe so it's kind of like those things that i wish there was some there was a bit of confrontation in-person confrontation because i think it would open up it would make for a much better time for yeah, me because you, 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 you could get to the root of like re real what's really at what's what is it you don't know and when we understand each other, then it does allow for people to love each other. I can't remember. I'm so bad that I'm even going to bring up the story <laughs> because I can't remember the name of the religious sect that used to be associated with like going to um, any like event. They would like protest war veterans and they would protest. And they said that uh, 
you know, the F word for gays, um, that God hated you. You know, do you know that religious sect that I'm talking about? I can't think of the name of it, but it was like this major thing in the like nineties where this group would show up everywhere and they would protest and they would, um, just said horrible things that, you know, God hates you, etc., And God hates F words. And, and, um, one of the women who is a member of that sect was like ruthless on Twitter, crazy, mm. like just loved to have that confrontation. But a rabbi engaged with her. Have you heard this story before? No, I haven't. Well, uh, this rabbi engaged with her and um, just befriended her and started like trying to be kind and help her and, and just very complimentary and kept inviting her to have a conversation with him. And she would, you know, uh, clap back at him and she was just like ruthless. But eventually she started to soften. Mm. And ultimately these two people became best friends and she left that cult and I'm going to call it a cult because that's really what it is and and left that cult and is now written books about how how dogmatic the thinking was and how she wasn't thinking for herself and how there was so much hatred in her heart and I just think to myself like gosh that was so wonderful that he just kept coming at her with love mm. and eventually softened her heart but that's a lot of work it is a lot and of I work think that's a pretty that's a rare exception but you know it's, it is a lot of work but you know what for me that's not that's not a lot of work for me. Like I actually find joy in that. I actually find joy in not necessarily changing someone's mindset, but helping them. Cause for me, it's like, I just want to know why. Cause I really believe that when you dislike someone who didn't, you know, abuse you or hit you or steal from you or whatever, when you try to feel or realize why you dislike that person, I think you learn a lot about yourself, kind of like what happened with the rabbi and this woman. Because now you have to you have to think out loud and you have to talk out loud. And when you're thinking out loud, so you know in the Bible it says when two and three are gathered together, basically amazing things happen. Pray with two or three people. And but I think it also works for the negative because in that cult that she was in, it was probably like, okay, when two or three are gathered together, like we're going to, we're going to go toward hatred or when two and three are gathered together to, to rob a bank, like the, the fuel and the fire becomes really great. Um, it's just, it just sucks that those things release more endorphins than two or three gathered together being like, let's just go love people. You know, let's just go, let's just go give people amazing comments. You know, like, I love Beyonce's music, but you know, she has the beehive. And if one person says something about the beehive, you know, they show up on a feed and it's just like, I'm like, okay, I understand. Britney's fans. Holy cow. Britney's fans. Woo. Or the dolls who's Nicki Minaj fans. Like they have these like (laughs) groups. And so, but anyway, I just think that, yeah, I just think that if it was for me, confrontation is great. And I do believe that people can have a better understanding if it was, you know, a spoken word rather than hitting it through a text or a post or an email. So I just don't want I and I commend you for taking that on and having those conversations and spending time, you know, trying to change a person's heart. I'm, I'm I, I won't do it anymore. I mean, if if it's somebody in my real life, I will. Um but other than that, I just feel like it takes so much energy away from the people who are almost there and the people who, are, you know, are, are open and, and loving. And, and that's just my personal opinion. I also know that oftentimes the people who are, are the meanest 
online and the least supportive, we've triggered something in them, right? So we don't like seeing things that like, I can't be that, I can't do that, or that makes me feel some kind of way about something inside of me, right? You know, I'm sure you've heard this before where some of the people who are the most homophobic are maybe struggling with their own issues, you know? And and you find that like people who are um, very boisterous about women maybe who are, like you said, only fans or, or very sexual and the way that they dress or provocative or the skin that they show, the people who are going to be the angriest about that are people who are struggling with that side of themselves or, or maybe even struggling with their own beliefs, doctrination, religion, what have you, because what, what do we care if somebody else is living that way? Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I just had an incredible epiphany, especially when we started talking about religion. My mind started to go. And you know, when I was about six, seven, eight years old on Saturdays when I didn't have football, my grandfather and I would get in the car. We would go to the farmer's market. We would pick up the bread that was about to expire and the fruits that they weren't going to sell on Monday. And we would fill up the station wagon and then we would drive to Camden, New Jersey, which is, you know, it was the poorer parts of the towns. And he would make me go to each and every door. We would put it in bags, you know, the English muffins, all the stuff that people couldn't afford or they couldn't go to the store. And we would, in, in this, in the uh, neighborhood of our church, we would, you know, give the people the food. And then my grandfather would go on a corner and he would set up his megaphone, microphone and megaphone, and he would just start preaching. And I'm getting emotional right now because I'm like, oh, my gosh. So drug addicts would show up. Rapists would show up. Homeless people would show up. People who were just struggling would show up that had wanted nothing to do with the church. And he would accept everyone. And he would invite them into the church. And every Sunday we had two or three people from the neighborhood that would come at the end of service when they asked, you know, if you want to be born again. And some of those people were listening outside the church and they were walking at the very last second because they were embarrassed, you know, to be in church because they didn't have the clothes or they didn't have whatever. And they would walk up and they would be crying. And I just think that all of this conversation just made me realize like, wow, like the foundation of who I was, was trying to get people to understand like change can happen. You know, my grandfather was just like, he took that on. Cause you're like, why would you want to take, not why would you want to take that on? But you're like, wow, you want to take that on? I'm like, this is what I know. Like, this is what I know. And you know, as a six, seven, eight year old, I'm like, I want to go, I want to be outside playing. I want to, you know, go ride my bike. But 
something kept making me say yes to my grandfather. And it, I didn't feel pressured to go, but I was just like, wow. So anyway, that was just such a... Um, well, to, to whom much has been given, much is expected, right? And and you've got so many gifts. I think God is very fair that he gives us, you know, those who he gives a lot of gifts to, he also gives a great burden to. And those burdens are also a gift because, and uh, you know, I don't know what your faith is, those of you who are listening or watching, but it's an oper- that that burden that strife that difficult time is always a gift if for no other reason to help you realize that you can turn to god mm. and you know there there is much to be said about the fact that we, we were shaped a certain way and there was intention behind our lives before we got here and we can make the best of plans but so much of what happens to us and happens for us was decided long before we ever got here I mean, you were, God knew you were going to have Silas and Sandra. God knew that you were going to meet Scott. God, you know, it's all of these things. And you you never know, I guess, to that extent that when you're having that conversation in your DMs, the the conversation that I'm just going to delete, um, and you're having that conversation, there are other people who were maybe thinking in that negative way, but weren't rude enough to leave the comment and you are softening their heart. Mm. So it's, it is always more than just the one. I definitely have gotten messages from my comments to back to people or just the way I live my life. And they say, you know, I didn't like gay people. I was raised to, you know, think X, Y, and Z, but seeing you has changed my perspective and like, oh my goodness, you, you and Scott are so much better parents than, you know, (laughs) people that I know who aren't gay or, you know, not that I need the comparison. Sometimes I get frustrated when people don't do the right thing, I guess is what you would say, or they don't, they don't make the courageous or the, the bold decision that I think is so obvious. Like, how do you not see that this is what you should do? This is what you should say. This is how you should behave. But I'm, I'm trying to remind myself that this is the way that I'm living my life. That's best for me. A case in point is, you know, I'm, I'm involved in this lawsuit and I've been very public about the experience with uh, a plastic surgeon. And, you know, there's like all these like rumors, et cetera, people and, and people don't know the story. They just read the headlines and they're like, oh, this is just this whatever uh, influence, fitness influencer who was unhappy with her results. No, not at all. That's not at all the case. The case is that I discovered what was happening to all these other women. And I have to say allegedly because of the lawsuit. But when I talk to some of these victims who've been had the most horrible things happen to them and they'll cry and they break down and they tell me their story and, and how it's turned their lives upside down and how devastating it's been. And I then say to them, okay, have you filed a complaint with the medical board? Have you, have you, have you come forward or do you want to speak to an attorney? And they'll, they'll just say, I just want to go away. Mm. And I understand that, but a side of me wants to just shake them and say, but don't you understand that there's, you can help others. You've got to step forward and help others. It's bigger than you. And I would get so angry with some of these women, some of these victims when they would say something like that. And I've just had to like turn to my faith and remind myself that not everyone fights for others. Sometimes you have to fight for yourself. And I have to respect the fact that for some of these women, they, it's, they've already been traumatized. They don't have the strength mm. to step forward for someone else. They have to step back for themselves. 
And that's been a really good lesson for me because it's hard for me to relate. It's hard for me to understand that. But I have to remember that that's what they're supposed to do because it's right for them. That is kind of like the tagline. It's like, what's right for me not might not be right for you. Brett said it last night. He goes, I wish common we had common sense and people would actually worry about themselves first and not everybody else. You know, we're, we're so concerned with how people are handling the health situation. We're so concerned with how people parent. We're so concerned with, I mean, like I saw the birthday celebration you did for um, uh, Scott's 50th, I think. <laughs> yes. And, and it just, it's crazy to me that like you have, the two of you could write a book about parenting. I'm sure you will at some point. Probably. Like, your kids are just so phenomenal. And it's just so funny that people who are like, have some commentary about your parenting style that the boys were there as part of that celebration. And I, I you know, I, I love that you, you engaged right away and said, well, hold on, let's, let's talk. What, what, what is it? Well, let's talk about it. I mean, you know, I was very excited for my kids to be at a drag show. And the reason why is because just like any other kids, my kids, you know, they're peeking over your shoulder if you're on social media. And I remember uh, Sander saw Shangela at one point uh -huh. and he said, I think it was a post where she was like walking out of a door and he said, oh my goodness, Papa, uh, do you see her cape? This is a, like, he thought it was the most amazing thing. And so we went there and they were... They loved it. They were just like into it and this whole thing. And someone was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you let your kids there. And I'm like, hold on, hold, hold on. So first of all, obviously it wasn't anything crazy that was happening. Secondly, my kids are going to be the kid that when your kid ends up being transgender or wants to dress in drag, they're going to be the kids that's like, leave him or her alone. Like, Mm -hmm. They're going to be, they're going to come to your kid because you don't know what your kid is going to be yet, especially if they're young right. or you, they, right. you might have a kid that's 21. That's not going to come out. Into, I just, you know, a couple, a few months ago, I found out a woman was 80 and got married as a lesbian. So like, you never know, but guess right. what? I'm raising my kids to be the, the protector or not even just necessarily protector, but they're going to be on the side of your kid when they feel different. Yeah. And to be honest, I think that stems from a lack of awareness. It's an ignorance. It's, you know, obviously the drag queen that you had performing what was fully clothed. Fully clothed. Fully, fully clothed. clothed. I was like, what, what is the issue here? It was so strange. But, I, you know, if you've never been to a drag show, you don't know what it is. You know, I, I probably went to my first drag show when I was, I don't know, 19 maybe. Um, and... I had no idea what it was. I, I really didn't know what to expect. In your mind, that was something that wasn't talked about. So the, a comment like that is usually made from someone who just really doesn't understand and is, is kind of ignorant. Plus, I want to say it was the thing that made me even a little more annoyed, probably angry at that point, was I've been to dance recitals with little girls that have on worse clothes than that that are shaking That's their right. bodies way worse than that that do death drops and splits way worse than that and what are the parents doing in the audience ah! and there's men in there that are screaming for your daughter in her 
skimpy outfit that you bought her to go. I used to teach at a, that young kids dance. So don't even try it. And that's the thing that was like really annoying because I'm just that's like. Great point. Point out the hypocrisy. Right. You know, but that's that's the thing with social media. And I, I, I don't know how you're going to handle that with your kids. I feel fortunate that my kids were kind of like on the tail end of it. They didn't have that heaviness that I think kids today have where they, they're, you know, by fourth grade, I, mom, I'm the only one who doesn't have a cell phone. You know what I mean? And, and, and because if you have a smart, a kid has a smartphone for the most part, unless the parents like super tech savvy, that means you've given that kid access to everything that's on the internet. And there's a lot of bad things on the internet. So there's not only are they being exposed to all these things, maybe at a very, very early age in the wrong way, um, without a conversation around it, but then the, the demands of social media, the comparisons, the filters, all these things. I hope that things go full circle. I don't, I mean, I just don't know how it can get worse, but I feel like I, I worry for kids, you know, like your, your boys, there's going to be a point at which it's like, gosh, how do you navigate all that? And, yeah. and then also the fact that, you know, we grew up and I know you take your boys out, you give them so many experiences, but most teens or like kids in middle school, elementary school today, they aren't running around on the streets and playing kick the can and or running through cornfields or playing hide and go seek or trying to be inventive and just and having relationships with other kids in the neighborhoods. They're sitting on their bed on an iPad. Yep. It's so different. And that is And you, I think one is better or but I, you know personally I would never have traded my childhood. Yeah. That we no. weren't allowed in the house until the sun went down. My parents starved us and made us freeze and stay outside and, you know, we're dirty little clods. That's the thing. Like we, you know, we have iPad time, but we also have, you know, have learning time. There's art. They have quiet time. They have all these things. They, they go outside. You know, Scott takes them on nature walks and, you know, they know all we have um, black history statues in our neighborhood. And so Scott takes them around and like teaches. They love Paul Robeson. They know his entire story. You know, they know Harriet Tubman from down the street, <laughs> you know, so it's <laughs> and we we kind of take the approach of these things are available. These smartphones and these things are available, but we're going to nurture the things that you love to do, the things that you want to do. We give them praise for drawing. We give them praise for, we give, we give Silas praise for memorizing full shows. You know, he could put on a show for you. It's like, okay, you can watch that, but how do we turn this into some, something artistic or something, you know, Silas love loves athletics and Sander literally, I, I say this a lot, probably sound like a bragging dad, but Shalene, if you come to our house, when you come to our house, Sander is going to take you outside and he's going to look up in the sky and he's going to tell you what constellations are up in the sky. And he's going to tell you the name of each individual star and whether or not it's a galaxy because it's bright enough. So it's like these things that, yeah, you can have your iPad. This is why you're not allowed to watch that. So now mm-hmm. like Silas loves this, this um, show called Nikki and Vlad. It's like these two little boys. And so we've, we told him you're not allowed to watch the shows when he's mean to when they're mean to their mom, their mother because they have these like whatever. So like he'll be in his little tent on his iPad time. He said, "Papa, Dada, this was mean. I'm changing it because he was being oh. mean." And so we're you know so we're like you're allowed to watch it, but you have to you have to know what you're not allowed to watch or what's not good. Yeah. And so 
that's the best way we can do it because they're going to need technology. But that's how it's working out right now. We'll see how it happens when they go to school. <laughs> Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Right? And, and, and it's, you know, to bring our conversation back to that transformation that sometimes it comes from personal development or growth, whatever you want to call it. I think there's probably somebody who's listening or, or watching who does feel like they are going through this transformational period, right? Like, or they want to be something other than what they were known for. Or I, I know there's something more for my life. And we question ourselves if we're going to let someone else down who expects us to be in that previous role. Mm. And my recommendation, my advice would be to, to anyone is to to transform publicly, not to hide it. You know, I think that people, they suppress these feelings that like, I want to do something different. I want to, I want to have a different job or I've been a mother and I feel like I've lost my identity and they just keep pushing it down, pushing it down and trying to be what everybody else wants them to be and to hold on to that identity for everybody else, but not for yourself. And you can just feel this like resentment building up inside, which makes a little part of you die inside when you're, when you're pushing down who it is you you want to become and, or how you want to evolve. And that's just not healthy. And, and, and it is detrimental to just like suddenly someday walk up, you know, open up and say like, da da, here I am. I'm, I'm a different person. Like then no one went on that journey with you. So my recommendation would be you, you don't have to flip a switch and say, I am no longer that person. I am no longer whatever. Mm-hmm. You can do it slowly and gradually. You know, you really, you, it, cause even who you were is still a part of you. You know, everything that I've been through and every way that someone would want to define me or need me or identify with me, that's still a piece of me. It's still, and it still serves me as I move forward, no matter what it is I'm doing. You know, I, I think about just even being a fitness instructor, you have to like, people don't even understand, like they make jokes about people being like a dumb fitness person, but until you have taught a class to music and you've been in charge of saying the words and telling a room full of people what to do at a specific time at the five count of a beat of a song so that people don't run into each other (laughs) and also throw in some motivation in there at the same time and know that we're at the 32 count of a song. Like that's almost brain surgery. <laughs> you learn how to teach, you learn how to see everything. You it, it is such an incredible I think 
training ground for me to be a great teacher today when I'm teaching maybe a lifestyle concept or something about business and marketing that's really complex. I'm like, how do I make this really simple so that everyone kind of knows we're all moving to the right or this is when you step, this is your next step when you're starting a business. Um, it's So everything that we've done in our whole lives has helped us and served us to be who we are today and where it is we're going. Don't hide it. Don't have resentment for it. Accept it. Embrace it. But let people know that you're on that journey. Exactly. And I will and say- And know that some people are going to get out of the car. They're going to get out of the car, but you hit the nail on the head with the class uh, analogy because it's all about cueing. It's all about cueing and taking people on a journey because the start of the class, you're as tight as a stick. And by the end of the class, you're as loose as a, as a brand new rubber band. And it is about the journey and it's about cueing. And so when you see people, thank you. When you see people, when you see people changing, it's their journey. And so we just need to learn how to expect people's journey. But like you said, if you get out of the car, I hope you get out on a road that takes you to a place that you want to be. Shalene, thank you so much. I think you are so incredible and so wonderful. I know this is a very selfish, positively selfish podcast for me. It definitely helped. I had some revelations. You all need to go. I know y'all know who Shalene is, but please, we'll put her um, information in the notes below. And if you're on Facebook and you ain't in the pod squad, then you need to get your life together. Because <laughs> let me tell you something, the, so pod, the pod squad is where it's at. It's such a fun group. I love how interactive it is. But um, anyway, thank you. Well, I, wa- I want to just say thanks for queuing. Like you have, I, you know, that's such a good analogy because you have been queuing your whole life. Because if you think about what queuing is, it's taking care of people and telling them just before something's about to happen and kind of easing them into it. It's being a leader. It's it's thinking ahead enough to care about where people are going and to help them get there. That's what queuing is. And you're still doing that today. And part of queuing is it's a big responsibility, but, and it means like that you're thinking about what other people's experience is going to be. And it requires forethought and it requires selflessness. And, um, it's, it's just kind of an interesting concept to think that that's, that's what you do is you, you queue, not just in your fitness classes. Shalene, thank you so much. Everyone, listen, love you. you. I love you too. Everyone, you have to find a way to trust and believe in who you are, trust and believe in your journey. And just like today, if for some reason there is a slight loss of trust of the process, it's okay to reach out to someone. It's okay to reach out to a friend for help. But also, don't forget therapy, you all. This is is so important. It's so important. You know, there's going to the spa. There's laughing with friends, but therapy and talking it out is something that's going to change the core or help change or enhance or enlighten or um, explain the core of who you are and why you are or doing what you're doing. So seek out therapy. And like I always say, trust and believe in who you are.